So before I get started, um, you, can, you can turn, it'll take you a while probably to find Daniel 10, but you can go ahead and start looking there. Can I just say this on behalf of all of the very, very well-fed staff members at the gathering? Um, wow. Like, last Sunday was awesome. I mean, Pastor Appreciation Sunday was fantabulous, right? But then y'all kept showing up at our houses bringing food. And it went from awesome to, I don't even think there's a word to describe it. Um, at one point, I'm just, I'm just giving you insight into the Jenkins household. I'm sure that every, every other household could say the same stuff. But at one point, I was sitting at the computer, and Wendy walked in somewhere midweek, and she said, do you realize that we have not had a casserole all week? And I said, yeah, is that a good thing? And she said, that's a great thing. <laughs> so um, if you've ever read the book Love Languages, ours is food. It's not in the book, but I'm pretty sure all of our family's love language is food. You'll never go wrong at any hour of the day or night. Well, no, you'll never go wrong. Just knocking on our door. And if it's really early in the morning, like if God just so moves on your heart to bring any of our staff families breakfast and it's 3 in the morning, just set it by the door, knock and get in the car and leave. And we'll get it when we wake up. It's just been amazing. You have really overwhelmed us um, in a really good way and that kind of stuff is just off the charts so it says a lot about who you are as a church um I don't say this lightly Wendy and I have been in ministry for ever <laughs> and we have waited our whole lives to be a part of something like this so thank you for letting us be a part of something like this because you could probably boot us out at any point and we're just so glad you don't so thanks for that Okay, <clears throat> sappy stuff over. Let's get into it, right? Y'all look so good. Um, today's going to be a little different, I think. Um, I always do disclaimers like this, and then I get to the end of it and realize I probably didn't need to, but um, it's just the way I am, so bear with me. Um, there are full notes online. Um, they're all typed up, and they look awesome, but um, I'm just going to try to be obedient and, and just... I want to, I've been saying to God all morning, just help me communicate, right? Just help me communicate um, what he showed me. I need to say this too right up front, that I hate waiting. Is anybody in the room like me? Do you hate waiting? So I'll, let's just, we get, I mean, don't yell them out. I'll try to say them for you. I got two hands over here, like fully extended to heaven. Um, I don't like uh, waiting at the DMV. Can I get an amen? I don't like waiting at Carowinds. As a matter of fact, the best ever trip to an amusement park ever was, um, is it Dollywood? Is that what, <laughs> it's the best ever, I don't know what it's called. Um, Dollywood in Tennessee, and we went there, I was, I was much younger, it was all the grandkids spending two weeks with the grandparents, and they took us to Dollywood, and it was super hot, and it was really crowded, and then it rained, and everybody left but us. It was awesome, right? So we would just ride it, get off, get back on, get back on, just all the time. Um, my brother Stephen, if you were blessed to know Stephen, um, Stephen was uh, physically disabled. And so whenever we went to Carowinds, he would always at some point during the day look at us and say, today I love being handicapped. Because you would just walk up with him and they would go, we just bypassed the line. And then we would get on the roller coaster and we would ride it. And you'd come back in and into the station. And you'd be sitting there with Stephen. And the guy would look at Stephen or the girl who was working the ride and say, do you want to go again? And he'd be like, yes. And I'm like, yeah. You know, and all the people in line are like, what's up with that? And I'm like, hey, he's my brother. Just chill, right? We're going again. And I loved it, loved it. Because I hate, I hate, 
I hate Christian Music Day at Carowinds. I just hate lines in general. I mean, I think one time I wrote, I wrote a, um, a, an article on how long you wait in a line at Carowinds to ride a ride for like 45 seconds is over. It's never that good. Well, maybe some rides are, but at that time, no. I hate that. Can I just really be totally transparent? Lately, I've hated waiting in a bar for a building. I like the bar. I lived a sheltered life and didn't spend a lot of time in bars. Some of you have spent a lot of time in bars, in this bar, and I like it. So I know Tiffany's going to watch this later. I just want her to hear me say clearly, I love what Tiffany's doing here in this place, but I'm ready to be out. It's being really honest. I'm ready to be there, but we're not. We're waiting. So I don't get a lot of visions. Um, some of you probably do. I probably should eat more pizza late at night, and I would get more of them. Um, but I had one July 31st at the refuge in Concord. We went over to the Big Daddy Weave concert. Um, love Big Daddy Weave. If you ever want to go to a concert that's more worship, that's one to go to. And um, they were singing something. I, you know, I don't remember half of what was going on that night because all I know is I was standing there and we were, we were singing and I had my eyes closed because that's what you do, right? If you're spiritual, you close your eyes when you sing. And I had my eyes closed and I saw, I saw an image and, and I saw a vision and it was like, that's weird because I'm talking to God like while Big Daddy Weave's singing. I'm like, I don't, I don't ever get this kind of stuff. And, but it was so clear. And, and so my prayer all week long, it, well, actually, the two and a half months since then was, one, was that just for me? And then two, if it wasn't just for me, is it for the church? And then three, if it's for the church, when am I supposed to share that? And so I feel like this is the day. And I just said to God, like, I don't want to muddy this up with words. You know, you know that expression that says a picture is worth a thousand words? Well, the reality is that you process images 60,000 times faster than you process words. So a picture must be worth like 60,000 words, right? Which is why when I was youth pastoring, because you know, if you're a parent of a teenager, they don't listen. I think they want to, right? They, they just can't. I mean, it's just not, they're not wired yet. And so a lot of words for a lot of us just ends up being Charlie Brown's teacher, right? If you're a teacher, you know this because you've got your, your lesson plan together and you're, you're delivering it and you're just like, man, I'm killing it, I'm killing it, I'm killing it. And you're killing them, right? And you look at them and their faces are just like, you know, it's like they're just words. Words can really muddy us up, right? And so I've just said to God, like, I don't want to muddy this up with words. I'm, gonna, I'm definitely going to share words this morning. I'm going to try to make sure that you understand what I feel like God showed me but let's let's do this let's start with um let's start with what I saw if we can go ahead and throw that up there I'll wait for the groan is it up there by the way yes. so you're over underwhelmed as well um I know what you're thinking you were expecting um something fiery something full of action something epic you probably were not expecting that but I'm standing in a Big Daddy Weave concert, July 31st, and as we're worshiping and I, my eyes are closed, this is all that I can see. I know, I know. You, watched, you read my post last night on Facebook. I was like, this is game changing, right? This is going to change your life. And right now you're going, seriously? That's it? So, so let's talk about not just what I saw, but let's, let's start talking about what this is, what it means. 
Anybody a geek enough to know what it's called? Starts with typing and ends with indicator. It's a typing indicator. And if you have an iPhone, every time you send a message to somebody, as soon as you send it, you, well, you probably see this. And I don't know what Windows phones are like. Trash. I don't know what androids are like but I, I would guess that they also have some kind of a typing indicator um if you do a lot of online chatting um like with um customer support <laughs> if you do first I'm praying for you because that's the worst way to spend a day but <clears throat> it'll say agent is typing so th- that's what these are these are just typing indicators right okay you're still underwhelmed I see it I can see it it's all over your face I feel like I'm killing it and I'm killing you so um, let's just let's connect the dots even more, the three dots. There's a, there's a passage in Daniel chapter 10 where this is in the Bible. It's crazy, isn't it? So here's what happens. What, what does that mean if you're an iPhone user and you send a text and you send a message? And I start asking God in the Big Daddy Week concert, what in the world is this about? What is this about? For all of you that hate to wait for all of you that are in the waiting room, playing the waiting game, standing in line at Carowinds, sitting in a bar, waiting for the next thing. Oh God, will I ever meet Prince Charming? Oh God, will I ever meet her? Will I ever find a, a better job? Will I ever know what the purpose of my life is? This is your life. And I asked God what it means and he said this. Not audibly, pray for me. I mean, it's cool if he speaks audibly, but he didn't to me. Just, just download it in my spirit. When you type a message on your phone and you see that symbol, what do you know immediately? They got the message. And something else is happening. They're responding. Daniel chapter 10. Are you there? Let's paint the picture for Daniel. And man, this is not a political message, okay? I don't know how to do those. I'll just be, I told Wendy last night, there's so much stuff I want to write about where our country is right now, and I just feel like being a pastor just messes it all up. I just sometimes want to go like, I'm taking off my pastor, I just want to be a Christian in America and just write like that, because I think this, our country's in such a spot right now. This is our country. Our country is right here. I don't know what's happening, something weird's going on. You and I are not, we're all watching the news going, where did America go, right? It's like this weird place that we're in. That's the place that we're in. And Daniel was in that place. Daniel served a corrupt government. He served people who did not love Jesus. He served them. He was serving under leadership that did not have the same worldview that he did. And so he prayed a lot. Now, if you asked you to rate your prayer life on a scale of 0 to 10, like 10 is all the time in the best possible way, and 0 is who, what, what, what is prayer, right? I don't know where you would be, but I think Daniel's probably close to 10, all right? He's a prayer. And, and he's praying, like, God, what do I do in this situation? And, and he, has a, he also has a vision. At the beginning of chapter 10, he has a vision. And the vision is not a good one. He has a vision of war. Now, if you're praying for a vision, 
and God gives you one, don't you hope it's like cotton candy clouds, lottery numbers that win, right? right? And Daniel gets a vision of war. And so he's understandably grieved. The Bible says that he fasts for three weeks. Isn't it funny how we take things that were really um, desperate in the Bible and turn them into things that we can market in the American church? This is where the Daniel fast comes from. Yes, that Daniel fast. The one that many of us do for three weeks. The one that has been written about and sold more than any other fast. The one that people have made money off of. Came from a man who was serving under a corrupt government and who was so desperate because they saw destruction coming that he fasted for three weeks. This is where Daniel was. He just didn't know it yet. All right, you with me so far? So Daniel chapter 10, verse 11, I think it is. Do we have that? I won't go back to my, this is awesome. It's going to be such a good video later, isn't it? Just kidding. So Daniel chapter 10, verse 11. An angel shows up to talk to Daniel. An angel. That's pretty cool. Shows up and says this to him. He says, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you and stand up. For I now have been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. So the reason he had to tell him to stand up is because he was so overwhelmed. Maybe one, because he hadn't eaten for three weeks. And two, because he knew there was war coming. And three, because of the situation he was in. That he was literally, when he saw the angel, he, so the Bible says he fell on his knees and his hands. And that's where he was. And so the angel came up and he tapped him on, the, on the, the back, on the shoulder. And this is what he told him. He said, listen, I'm paraphrasing. I got something to tell you. It's life-changing. So stand up. Stand up. And listen carefully to the words that I'm going to say to you. And so Daniel stood up. And here's the game-changing verse for Daniel. Now, listen. We, we are so blessed to have the Bible. We are so blessed to have a record of truth we are so blessed. I don't know if you realize how blessed we are to be able to open up the Bible, yet that Bible that most of us ignore all week long until Sunday and we pick it up and don't open it here, that, that one. We're so blessed to have the ability on any day, at any time, to open up the Bible and read these stories that Daniel had to learn firsthand and we get to learn it through him. See what I'm saying? We're learning looking backwards. What I'm going to share with you can change your life today but he had already lived it for three weeks waiting on an answer, okay? And here's the game-changing verse, verse 12. The angel continued, do not be afraid, Daniel. Good thing to say to somebody who's trembling with fear, right? Since when? Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Let me just translate this. That means since the first day that you prayed. When? Since the first day that you prayed, look what happened. Your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. That is a typing indicator in the Bible. You prayed, and for three weeks, you saw three dots doing this little thing that the three dots do on your phone. I mean, have you ever typed a message to somebody, and you see the dots, and then they disappear? Oh, they just blew me off. 
Great. And then all of a sudden, this long text pops up, right? The longer the, the message is, it's almost like Apple just goes, I'm tired of waiting too, dude, right? And all of a sudden it shows up. He spent three weeks. He didn't know it. Again, we're learning from him. He learned it firsthand. He didn't realize that for three weeks he was seeing an indicator. Like, I, I, wait, God heard me and, something, and the answer's coming, but I'm just kind of waiting. But we can learn it from him. And I'll tell you this. If Daniel was a 10 as a prayer to this point, he became a 15, 16, 17, 20 prayer after this. This changed the way he prayed. Because from this point on, we have that next one, the second image. Can we show that now? From that point on, this is what Daniel learned. I know there's, it's bad notes today. Just write down what you can remember. God help you. When we pray, two things happen. How many times? Every time we are heard and answered sent. Every single time. When you pray, every time we are heard and answers are sent. Every time. Every time. Sometimes we pray and we feel it's like invisible, right? We feel like we pray and God doesn't hear us. Um, and we start saying to ourselves, like, is God punishing me? Have I done something wrong? We forget, like, this this waiting period, like for our church right now, corporately, this waiting period from it was awesome up there and it's going to be awesome there and it's a lot of work here. I mean, can I just be that blunt and honest? It's work here. It's worth it, but it's work here. This is, this is, a, this is a three dot place for our church. And it's hard. But here's the deal. Waiting is the biggest part of the Christian faith. No one ever told you that, did they? It's the biggest part. If you read the Gospels, we preach about the amazing stories, right? Oh, like Jesus spit on some dude's eyes and he could see, and then he healed Peter's mother-in-law, and then he did this, and he fed 5,000 people. Like, we preach those stories. But do you know what happened in between those stories? A lot of walking in dirt. A lot of boring walking with Jesus to get to the next place where he did something amazing. And I'm telling you, whether you want to hear it or not, you've got to hear this. The majority of the Christian faith is walking faithfully with Jesus while you're waiting. We've got to figure out how to wait and how to wait well. Because we're always going to wait. And you're either going to wait with frustration or you're going to wait with expectation. And the difference is the realization of God's faithfulness. I think you have a big idea, I think. I hope I don't mess it up. Or do we have it on the screen? No? Okay, so here we go. I'm going to try to do it from memory. I should be able to do this. I know the short version. The short version is that the answer will never negate the promise. But I think what you have to fill blanks in with is the answer we're waiting for will never negate the promise we've already received. The answer you're waiting for will never negate the promise we've already received. This is huge. This is huge because we know that we've been heard and we know that the answer has been sent. And while we might not know what the answer is, we know that the answer will never negate the promises that we already have. So we've got that last picture. This is smaller, sorry. It's the same one at the top. But that indicator, that is what reminds us of the truth of one and two. 
So when you have been waiting and praying forever and ever and ever, and you're like, God, have you even heard me? That's when you immediately have to say to yourself, yes, because we know this to be true, that every time we pray, two things happen. We are heard, answers are sent every single time. And so the waiting that you're in right now, you've just got to start seeing this message indicator, this typing indicator. I love how Jesus did parables. I love that he would pick up a seed and he knew this is a seed that you will see every single day. And what I'm about to tell you is going to change the way you see this seed. What I've been praying is that what I'm telling you this morning that I know God told me will change the way you see that on your phone. That every time you see that on your phone, the first thing you will think is not, they're going to tell me something, but you'll go, man, when I pray, God hears and he sins. He hears and he sins. He hears and he sins. You have not been forgotten. If you are single and you've been praying forever to be married and it's taken for so long and like you've tried every online thing there is, it's not working. God's not forgotten you. When you prayed the first day for God to send you somebody, he heard and he is sending the answer. And if you read Daniel even further, what you'll find is not only did he send the answer that day, but the answer got delayed. The answer was delayed by the prince of Persia, which sounds like an awesome character in a Disney movie, but in the story it was bad. He was a demon. He was a tool of Satan. And he was fighting in the spiritual realm against the angel that was bringing the answer to Daniel. And so let me ask you this question. Daniel fasted for three weeks. What if he had stopped on day 19? They're still fighting over Persia, right? The answer never got there because if he'd have stopped on day 19, I'm done, man. I prayed for 19 days. What if he'd have stopped then? What if he hadn't gone to 21? Somehow Daniel knew that. And I know my God has heard me. And I know that he has answered me. And I'm going to keep on until he, he gets the answer to me. Okay, game-changing, life-changing, right? I, still have, I got work to do, I can tell. Ephesians chapter 6. Women that were in the armor of God. This has now become your favorite chapter. Ephesians chapter 6. I believe it's verse 13. Paul said this. He said, having done everything to stand, stand. Well, what did the angel say to Daniel? Stand up. Stand up. I've got something to say to you, and I need you to listen carefully. This is going to change everything for you. Stand up and listen. And you get to Ephesians chapter 6. God says, put on the full armor of God. And having done everything to stand, just give up. Is that what it says? No. Having done everything to stand, stand. Just stand. Keep fighting because the answer is on the way. And guess what, guys? It's a good answer. It's a good answer because our Father is a good God and everything he gives us is good. The message indicator fills us with expectation, with anticipation. I can't wait to see what he sends back to me. Instead of frustration, why is he making me wait? Maybe he's making you wait because the answer is so good. It's going to take a while to get there. So how does this work out in our everyday lives? 
Um, let me give you one example. And I'm going to throw a bunch of P words out in just a minute, okay? I'll have to go back and check those on my notes. Um, but here, let me just give you one. Parents. Parents in the room. If you love Jesus, then I'm assuming you also love your children. <laughs> I'm assuming that, but I know how it can be. Now, you love your kids, I know. But have you noticed that sometimes, especially you older parents, your kids have already left the house, right? So sometimes you pray for your children. Have you noticed that sometimes they don't live the way that you prayed that they would? Have you all noticed that? And, and I can't tell you how many times just in youth ministry I would have parents just, I mean, what do you do in that situation? When your child is grown and they're on their own and they're making decisions that are so opposite of what you raised them to make and what you instilled in them. That is a waiting period, right? What do you do there? You pray? I've had parents that have prayed with such angst, desperation, no faith, right? Just no faith. As if they believe this. Listen to me. I'm, I'm using an extreme example. As if they believe that somehow the answer that God sends them is going to negate the promises that they already have. Here's a couple of them. There's a verse in Proverbs that says, if you'll train your child in the way that they should go, when they're old, they will not depart from it. It's a promise. It's a promise. Now, I get it. Sometimes our lives don't look like they match that promise. Typing indicator, right? Three dots. That's where we are. But if you believe that the answer will not negate the promise, then you're able to pray for your children. Pray to God and thank Him for who He is. He's a faithful God. He's never going to respond to you five, six, seven years later and say, you know what? I decided your kid is so bad that I'm just going to let them go. And all that work you did, all those prayers you prayed, all the time that you trained them up the way they should go, forget it. I'm sick of dealing with them. I'm out. But parents sometimes get filled with such angst. That's how they pray. Oh, please, God, don't forget Johnny. Like, he says, time out. You're telling the God of the universe to not forget Johnny. He didn't. Psalm 139 says, Johnny can't go anywhere and be away from the presence of God. Not high, not low, not left or right. He can't get away from the presence of God. You can trust that promise. A couple more examples. Things that we can rely on as we wait in those three dots. No matter what we're facing, we can trust in prayer. 1 John 5, 14 says this is the confidence that we have before God, that he hears us. People. Um, people ever get on your nerves? We mentioned a DMV earlier, so yes, right? You ever, you ever pray for difficult people in your life? You have to wait for God to come through. It can become so easy, so tempting just to discount those people. But 1 Timothy 2.4 says this, and it says it clearly, that God wants all. Everybody say all. Now, you said it like people that don't have faith in God. I said say all. God wants all men to be saved. That means the neighbor, <laughs> the neighbor that's driving you crazy. 
God does not want them in hell nearly as much as you do. He wants all men to be saved. We can understand God's purpose. His purpose, 2 Peter 3, 9. His purpose is that he wants none to perish. As a matter of fact, that verse says that we don't understand God's patience because we get tired of waiting. And that verse says that God is waiting because he's patient and wants none to perish. We can understand our purpose. Those of you that are struggling, like, God, what am I supposed to do? What was I made for? There's a specific answer that God will send you, right? So you see these three dots. There's an indicator that, okay, I don't know what it's going to be, but I know the answer. And it's never going to be different from this promise. We use this verse all the time, Ephesians 2.10. This is your purpose. Your purpose is that you were made by God as a masterpiece to do good works, which he's already prepared for you to do. That's your purpose. The answer will never negate that promise. God's not going to call you. I'm, I'm, I'm using, I know I'm using insanely crazy examples, okay? So just bear with me. It's all I can think of. God's not going to call you to be a professional drug dealer. You're not going to ask him, what do you want me to do with my life and see three dots and eventually get the answer, sell drugs. Because that negates the promise of Ephesians 2.10, that he, you're a masterpiece created to do good works that glorify him. His presence. We can trust in his presence. Deuteronomy 31.6 and Hebrews 13.5 both say this, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Now, I know that I've given you a lot to think about and chew on, and I've really underwhelmed you. I can sense it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close it like this, and this is the big moment. I love, I love the three dots, right? I love, this, I love the message indicator, the typing indicator. I love all that. Okay, but I just, I kept saying, God, is there more? Is there more to that symbol? Is there more to this vision that you showed me that, that really can give us hope? And so I started, I started typing, because I don't know what you do when you pray. I go to Google a lot. I'll start typing into Google, like, I think this is called an ellipsis. Am I right? I'm looking at teachers to shake their heads. It's called an ellipsis. So I know what it means on your phone, right? I know what it means on your phone. It means... It means that you have sent a message and there's a message coming back, right? And that is, I mean, listen, that's worth the price you paid to get into church this morning, which was nothing, okay? That's, but that can change. That will change your prayer life, just that, okay? But let's just dive a little bit deeper. It's called an ellipsis. And I'm going to go spiritual. Ellipsis comes from the Greek word ellipsis. It's true, okay? It's true. Now, now. Check this out. Here's what it means. Ellipsis in the Greek means that whatever is represented by those three dots was omitted intentionally because it does not have the power to alter the original meaning. Okay, y'all are not with me. You got to get with me. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Here we go. An ellipsis means that whatever was represented by those three dots is intentionally omitted because it does not have the power to alter the original meaning. All right, one more, and then I'll tie it all together. This is also a really famous prison tattoo. Did you know that? The three dots is a really popular prison tattoo. I didn't go to prison to find this out. I went to Google. 
Um, but it stands for my crazy life. So much so, I found this out, that the three dots represent three specific things. Hospital, prison, death. It's a popular gang tattoo for my crazy life. And here's, so I'm going to put a bunch of stuff together, okay? I know it also means to be continued. It can mean all kinds of things. But let's just stick with the three that I've already told you that you're already trying to wrap your brain around. Okay, so God has promises that he has given to us, right? We just read one about parenting. We just read one about his presence. I mean, if you'll just let those, if you'll just get those, man, if you'll just get the fact that your God will never leave you nor forsake you, then the three dot part of your life that drives people crazy, you'll be okay with, okay? Just get those promises. There's promises, and you'll talk about more in your community groups this week. There are promises of God that we can hold on to. And whatever answer he sends us will never negate those promises. Never negate those promises. So here we go. We're tying it all together. And I am hoping that this is the moment when all these light bulbs go off over your head. No pressure on y'all, but come on, people. All right, here we go. God, not that he doesn't care about you, not that, you know, when I say that he has intentionally omitted things with three dots, it's not because he doesn't care about you. It's not because your life is worth throwing away. It's because of this. Now, check this out. Ellipsis means that nothing that those three dots represent has the power to alter the original meaning. What is the original meaning? God's promises. Those are the original meanings. His promises, that's the original meaning. And nothing in your or my crazy life has the power to alter the original promise of God. I got one light bulb. All right, you got to get this. Because your lives are jacked up. My life jacked up. I mean, this period of, for our church corporately, from there to there, huh? Like, I don't know if I'm a good leader. It's just jacking us up. Like, some of, some of us have just lost the presence of God. Just, in, just, how did we lose God from there to there? I don't know, but like the transition, like he fell out the back of the car. Like, we've lost this joy of who Jesus is. It's crazy in here. It might be crazy in your marriage. It might be crazy in your job. It might be crazy at your school. It might be crazy in a relationship because you thought you were going to get married and now he won't even call you back. And in those moments of craziness, in those three dot areas of our lives, we typically say, where'd you go, God? Don't you see where I am? Don't you care about me? Why won't you answer me? And what I need you to see is like, that represents your crazy life. And as crazy as your life is, it does not have the power to override the original promises of God. And that is good news. That is is hope. That is what the psalmist wrote about in Psalm 130. And then we're going to pray. And I know it's late. I'm sure it's late. And you're just going to have to deal with it. Because we are going to pray I'm already hoping that my words didn't muddy it up. Listen, listen to what the psalmist said. He, this is what he prayed in a three-dot part of his life, okay? He said, 
Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. What is he saying? He's saying the same thing that all of us have said when we're in a three-dot part of our life. Please, God, are you there? Can you hear me? Are you even listening? Do you even care about me? That's what he's saying. Please be attentive to my cry. As if somehow you forgot that God always hears us. When we pray, two things happen. What are they? We're heard, answer is sent. If you, Lord, kept a record of sin, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, therefore you are feared. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And here's the game changer. In his word, his promises, I put my hope. And so the last two verses, as much as the first two verses were full of angst and, oh God, are you listening? Listen to the last two. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will, everybody say will, will redeem Israel from all their sins. Paraphrase, he will come through. The answer will come, and I'm going to put on the full armor of God, and I'm going to keep fighting, and I'm going to keep standing, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep believing. There's nothing that's going to take me away from the promise of God, because his answer will never alter the promise of God. Parents that are praying for your kids, keep praying. Coworkers that are praying for coworkers, keep praying. Uh, set up a teardown team. Keep setting up and tearing down and praying. Audio team, greeter team, servant leaders. I mean, keep serving, keep leading. I'm going to keep preaching. And God's going to come through. Because he always does, and he always will. Now, I need you to close your eyes. The worship team has this part of the service off because I want them to have the ability to respond as well. If you don't mind just starting to play those songs, and you can just come play them a little bit low. Man, I preached way long. I'm so sorry. So, God, this is all on you now. This is all on you. I've tried, God, to clearly communicate what you showed me. And I feel like I've probably used 60,000 words to try to get a clear message across. God, I pray this morning right now for people that are sitting here that are in this crazy three-dot part of their life. And, and everything just seems turned upside down, and they just wonder if you even hear them. I'm praying this morning, God, to, as we bring this part to a close, that as they respond, you would meet them. As we lay our hands on them and pray for them, that you would meet them. And I'm praying that an angel would appear to them and say, stand up. Because from the first day you prayed, your God heard you. And he has sent me with an answer. And if it takes three weeks or three months or three years, I pray, God, that our waiting, because of this message indicator this typing indicator i pray that these three dots would turn our waiting from frustration into anticipation because the promise is good and the answer is worth waiting for all i'm going to ask you to do this morning is if this has somehow resonated with you and you would love prayer then this morning, we're going to wrap this up. You coming to the front, and I am going to put my hands on you and pray for you. That God would 
fill you with the same hope and the same anticipation that marked Daniel's life from this point forward. No more words. It's just your chance to respond. You come when you're ready.